You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Sluts and Scholars. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and sexologist. I'm Simone. I'm a law student, Nicoletta's friend, and I like to talk about sex. This week, we are joined by Buck Angel, who is a world-renowned motivational speaker, a pioneering filmmaker, a human rights activist, a performer, an educator, and innovator. Buck produced the world's first pleasure product specifically for the transgender male community, the Buck Off, and it won the most innovative pleasure product at AVN and Expiz 2017. In 2017, Buck created Tea Lube with Sliquid, and it's the first lubrication to be directly targeted to trans male vaginal health. Buck made history when he received the prestigious award from AVN for Transsexual Performer of the Year in 2007 for his groundbreaking work in the entertainment industry. He was the first trans man to win that award, and he's been in countless media outlets from Netflix to HBO, and now Sluts and Skyler. <laughs> Is that really my bio? <laughs> Your bio was like pages and pages longer, so I like tried to pick some highlights, but honestly, it was like all fucking highlights. You picked good shit. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, since we had it in the bio, like let's talk about all of the products you've made. Oh my god. Okay, so the the buckshot. What's the buckshot? Oh, that buckshot. Okay, so the buckshot. I wrote the buck off. No, the buck off. There's a buck off too. too. You have a good name for sex talk. You do. It's the best porn name ever. Wait, yeah. How did you come up with buck? So buck isn't my actual real legal name, but it is my my name that I go through the world at. Mm -hmm. I I, I picked buck because as a kid, I remember buck being like this cowboy name, and I wanted a cowboy. And and then as I grew older, like buck is like most masculine name you could ever choose. And I'm in porn, so. I'm like, what rhymes with buck? Buck. <laughs> and then I just said, Damn. and then Angel came because Buck does immediately make me think of hot cowboys. Like there you, you, you look like a buck. Name. Thank you. you. Really do. Thank you. It's a, it's a comp- and then also, you know, it's not a common name, so oh. everybody remembers Buck not, Angel. It's like 1950. No, exactly. There just really <laughs> isn't a lot of bucks. <laughs> okay, and so Angel came from Angel came from my other side of my femininity on some level. So it's a very mm. masculine, feminine kind of you know, juxtaposition that I wanted to create. So people kind of, I, 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 I'm very in tune to my female side, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because if maybe people don't know I used to be a woman. Do they know that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know they, that, they you need to now. look up the super sexy pictures of Buck. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. No, well, they do now. They do now. Buck is Buck, definitely yeah. the hottest dude with a vagina <laughs> I've ever seen. Actually, probably hottest dude with or without a vagina. <laughs> Brian, thank you. It's okay. true. I'm just like looking at you. Know, like, <laughs> Yeah, she was a little. She was a little nervous to have you here. She was like, "That's not true." <laughs> okay. I was excited, <laughs> not nervous. Like good nervous. <laughs> okay, so the buckshot. The buckshot is the first uh, male or anyone, but I geared towards men. Uh, enhance sexual enhancement drink, all natural with CBD in it. So it's the first one on the cannabis market, uh, and basically it's an all natural erection drink. 
that I'm trying to get men to stop using Cialis and Viagra because that stuff is so dangerous, gives guys heart attacks. But also I wanted to create a product. With or injections. Cannab- injections, all of it. I also have a cannabis business. So if people with vaginas drink it. You get a hard on with your clit. It totally works. And how is yep. it different from like the crazy, sorry, the weird uh-huh. pills at the gas station? Uh, it's the weird pills at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> they have many, many different things in them that you have no idea what they are. I like always am curious, like who's buying them? Well, you'll be surprised. That's my next step. I'm getting the buckshot in all of those little supermarket things. Sh- That's what I'm doing right now. So I mean, people are buying everywhere. those pills. They're going to buy the buckshot. I really, I really hope that people who buy it, who do not know that you're a trans man who are like super just like misogynistic dudes are like, I want to get a heart on and they're supporting a man with a a vagina. Totally. Mm -hmm. A tranny. That's why it's so great. A lot of my products kind of cross over that way. So people don't necessarily know sometimes who I am. And then, yeah, they're buying products from a trans person, which is really powerful. Okay. So you just said that word, which I- Tranny? Yeah. Tranny, tranny, tranny. Okay. I don't (laughs) say that word. I have been told by a lot of trans friends and not even trans, but like that that's not a word, but obviously you can use whatever fucking word you want for yourself. But I'm just curious about you, like- you know, well, I'm a guy who always goes against the grain. Mm-hmm. And there have been people who pushed back against All the time people push that. back against me, most especially in my community, because I'm very outspoken and opinionated, and nobody's going to tell me how to speak, number one. Number two, I'm 23 years transitioned from a woman to a man. And we used tranny back in the day as a term of endearment, and we very much reclaimed. That word was created by the trans community, by the way. It was not created by the cisgender community. So the people who are telling you these stories are young trans kids who don't know anything about the history of the trans generation. And I know a lot about the trans generation because I helped create this community. That said, tranny is a word that we used on the street. I lived on the streets with all the trans people. I did all kinds of stuff. But that said, it's our word. So to tell us we cannot use a word that actually reflects us because the rest of the world uses it derogatory is basically the same thing you're saying about queer. Well, how can queer be reclaimed? Queer is actually very insulting to me. I don't like the word queer. I come from a generation and my- Or oh that my was gosh, very hateful. hated that word. Yeah. We hate that word. That word is actually yeah. rubs us a lot. And now all these kind of straights, you know, cis, white people are all claiming queer. And not to say that, that that's a bad thing, but people need to understand you can't- Reclaim one word without reclaiming another word. Mm. So for my community to use the word queer, but then tell me I can't say tranny, that pushes my button right there. And so really I'm using it as a way to say, no, if you're going to reclaim queer, I'm going to reclaim tranny. So I'm pushing it in people's faces in a sense. Of course you can't use tranny. If you're going to say, hey, buck, tranny, that's cool. Like we're friends. It's totally cool. But if you say, look at that creepy tranny walking, that's not cool. It's the same with queer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's with any word. Or slut. Slut. Yeah. You reclaim slut and you put it out there. So yeah. I'm going to tell you that your friends are wrong in a sense that, yes, you can say it. If I say it's okay for you to call me a tranny, right. but it's not okay for you to say it in a derogatory way. That's what your listeners need to hear, mm. right? Re- reclaiming a word is very important for all of us because if we don't give it, if we give it the power to let people talk like that, then we're just not doing our jobs. Right. By reclaiming, we cut out all the nonsense. Well, and it's so individualized too. Like, yes. so even if it wasn't a community thing, but you were like, I like when people call me tranny. Yes. Isn't that enough? Exactly. That you it's like my it. word. Mm-hmm. It's not your word. And it's my, yeah. my body and my, you know, it's like reclaiming my vagina. Yeah. It's my body. It's like women reclaiming their bodies. It's the same sense of empowerment. We have to learn to empower ourselves and to stop being so victim. That's victim-y to me when your friends tell you, don't use that word. That's, look well, I at think that it's more like as a cis person, I don't, I should well, use that word. Well, you're afraid to step on Yeah, toes. but then they explain why. 
I think I just, I think I was, I don't know if this is like friends specifically or just like the internet generally. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I actually don't know no, but it's where like, the thought comes from. Really like cisgendered people. But I have been told people. that it's a slur yeah. and that like it is a slur. It is a slur. Like, don't, like I definitely correct my cis friends. Um, but I would never correct a trans person. Like, you shouldn't say that. Well, yeah, but correcting in a way that says this is why. I think it's important yeah. that we understand why. You can't just slap – would you slap your dog when he peed on the carpet and not ever tell the dog why they did that bad thing or put them – Don't they understand by this? No, <laughs> Some people do. They do not. Shove their nose you in it, they'd get it, right? And you have to say, this is the reason why. <laughs> you cannot do this. You don't put the dog – do, do your animals, animals, animals understand? My animals all understand. <laughs> animals They're very involved. <laughs> Um, I mean, clearly you're outspoken. Wait, sorry, just one second. Before yeah. we move on. So how would you explain it? Tranny? To a cis, yeah. To say, a cis like, person. Why, why you can't say that word. So I, I would, like why people don't say yeah, it. Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say that the word tranny has turned into a derogatory statement that a lot of people have used specifically against transgender women, not so much about trans men, and that we as trans people or trans people don't necessarily like it because it's been used in that derogatory way. But some trans people do use it because they want to reclaim the word. So I think people understand will understand the weight of it when they understand the whole story. When you just tell people, don't use something that's a little bit like but why exactly yeah i mean but as an outspoken person like clearly you have highlighted like the much needed niche for like trans men because there ha- whenever i think of like trans person and porn i think of like person with boobs and a penis of course yes because that's what's out there yes. more and so then you created something like the um the buck off right what how does that work so I, I honestly don't know because I've of I've course. looked at it and I'm like, what is it? Go to if you go to Buck Age. No, I know what it looks okay, like, yeah, but I, I never knew have, how it I worked. Have a video showing me and some other kids using it. But that said, I created the book off because this. There's many men like me out there who have vaginas and mm-hmm. walk the world you would never know. Mm-hmm. One of the things that is very important to me is masturbation and sex, especially as a person who was born female and became man but still has my vagina. Now, this, this is a sexual part of my body that in some way I've been told not to use because it's female and I'm a man. Mm-hmm. In our community, we've been very hesitant to talk about our vaginas or to be okay with our vaginas. Well, there sort of is this hierarchy of transitioning, right? 100%. And, we've, and back when I transitioned, it was all about getting the penis. It was all about, you know, you have to have a penis, you'll never finish your sex change. You have to do this. And so I chose not to do that for many reasons. But as I got into my body sexually and I started to realize I'm horny, I want to touch my vagina, but I was so freaked out to do it because it felt feminine to me. And so one day I just started to do it and I started masturbating more, masturbating more. And as I was masturbating, I jacked off and the, the vibrator went inside of me and I had an orgasm that blew my mind. And I was like, what? I'm not getting rid of this. <laughs> This thing is awesome. And then through that, I learned to masturbate. And through that, I learned to become a better person on some level and really really uh, connect with myself, mm. if, if, for a lack of a better expression. Just really connect. So through that, I realized, oh, there's a lot of men who are not doing that and are not masturbating. And they would ask me, Buck, how did you connect with your vagina? I can't, I can't, I can't touch it. I can't. So long story short, I created this thing out of another product that, that would go over top of my vagina and suck my clitoris inside of it. And then I would jack like a man. So I would rub against it. So like even mm. just that vision, it doesn't matter that I didn't look like a penis, but just the vision and the actual hand stroking of up and down. I was like, so I went to literally every toy company in the adult business. Not one toy company would make that toy. They were like, no, there's no market. It's what was the pushback? There was no market. 
There's no market. And I'm like, because you're not giving the market a chance. I built the market. or I created trans man porn. Like, I know this market. So anyway, I'm not the guy who gives up. So eventually I went to a company called Perfect Fit Brand. And Steve Callow, the owner, was like, okay, let's sit down. Let me hear what you have to say. And I was so over that fucking spiel, let me just tell you. So I finally just said, dude, if you don't want to do it, I'll just give you five minutes. He's like, just tell me. Two minutes into it, he was like, wait a minute. This product does not exist. And I was like, oh, no way. And he goes, dude, let's do it. It's brilliant. It's so smart. And I basically, I drew it what I wanted. And he's a brilliant designer. And so what it does is it, so what happens is our clitoris is grown about the size of a thumb, right? Yeah, they're so, huge. They're huge. So And there's thing, more inside, remember. Totally. It fits right over top of the clit. It sucks your clit inside, but it has a little penis head on top. And then you just stroke like a man, just like that. And it blew up like the whole world like went crazy. I want to try it. I, I want to try it. I'll get you guys some. And uh, and then like Forbes wrote about it. Every major outlet wrote it. it was the first of its kind ever in the sex toy. Well, we just had we just had someone on the podcast that talked about um and they are a trans femme person and they kept their penis and they said they can. There's a different energy when they know someone is trying to give them a blowjob right. versus when someone is going down on them like a clitoris. Exactly. And so how how did the how did the orgasm and the pleasure change for you when you were jacking yourself off versus mm-hmm. like diddling? Oh, because jacking myself off is exactly that. So even those words jacking off are mm. very masculine, right? Yeah, we say jilling off. Right. And that's a very feminine thing. Yeah. So I'm jacking off. So at the same time, yeah. moving, when you- They're both genderized. Have, exactly. When you don't have a toy or something that you're touching. So I'm diddling and diddling still feels feminine to me. Yeah. yeah like so all the words around it. Exa- even touching myself with my hands that way or- I used to just say fucking stroking. myself. like Right. I wasn't stroking. So, I'm loving the hand movements. <laughs> yeah, I need to stroke. Like that's what men do, stroking. So that's why the buck off gives, gives us that ability mm. to actually stroke. How did it change the way you felt pleasure in your body though when you were stroking? So, so, so I was already totally connected to my body before mm. I made the toy. So for me, that wasn't really- Sounds like you issue. had to be. Yes. But for the men, those are mostly the, the feedback I get. I cried. This is what they say to me. Mm. I'm 26. I never had an orgasm. Your buck off made me have an orgasm and I cried. I'm like, I'm crying. <laughs> We're all crying. Like that is huge. And so I, sometimes we all huge. cry when we, when we fuck ourselves. I, sometimes. It's I mean, I'm a, I am when you get to that, you know, that emotional state, I have cr- I've cl- clearly cried being, being penetrated. It's a, it's a thing that actually has happened to me where mm-hmm. it's just so much emotion has come out of me, uh, probably because I really didn't have a lot of penetration prior to my transition. And so, so when they're, when there weren't things like the buck off, how did you get to a place where you were like, I can have pleasure with my I created vulva. the toy from another man's toy. So mm-hmm. I created a, a jack off toy yeah. with a man's stroker and I cut it so it would be smaller. Yeah. And then that was the piece that I brought to Perfect Fit Brand. And I said, mm-hmm. this is what I need. So I had already made, and many men, many trans men, we were already making all of our own toys. Some guys would take a water bottle. So it was all creativity. It. it was all creativity. All of it. We didn't Wait, what's that? what did they do with the water bottle? So they take the water bottle and then they put water halfway in it and then they would flip it over on top of the clit and it would create Suction. We're very innovative. We're all MacGyver. You ha- yeah, you <laughs> this is exactly. Of literally, course. we just interviewed um, a trans femme, not a, a woman. Who said a you ha- if you're trans, you have to be a MacGyver. Twice to. she said twice. She kept saying MacGyver. MacGyver. So that's uh, yes. what I'm working on now. Is there's no trans woman toy. 
There's not one trans woman toy on the in the sex toy market. Like so, like marketed to marketed trans to trans women. women. So I can't necessarily do that myself. So I'm partnering with a trans woman to try to make this happen. But right now, you anybody can use the buck off. It go, I use it with a lot of cis men. I jack off the head of their cocks. They love. It. I call it the, the like a sleeve, the, the, the knob polisher. That's what I call it. So it just goes right over the head. Dudes will lose their minds. In fact, I can make a dude come so fast with that. It, just, it fits so snug on the head. It's incredible. It's like, and it's exactly. And they're like, holy crap. I've tried to give a blowjob like that, but it hurts after a while. Yeah, so like yeah, actually sucking the dick. Really. Oh, yeah. Just like, the t- like doing that vacuum technique. That's what my high school boyfriend taught me. He's like, do it like a vacuum. Like a vacuum. Fucking works. Some people are too sensitive, but nah. some people aren't. Well, not necessarily. Like that. Yeah, I'm too sensitive. Yeah. yeah. How did you get to a place of feeling comfortable with yourself to explore what you liked? Because it sounds like, well, it sounds like there was a time where you were like, I have a vagina, I can't touch it. Oh my God, most of the beginning. Like, what did it take to get there? So what it took was testosterone. And so what happened was, as a woman, I did masturbate. And as a woman, I did. uh I did, but very um, much on drugs and alcohol. And Mm -hmm. very few times when I was sober and very few times that I felt empowered by it. Very few times. So it's just like, I have to clean the pipes, but it didn't feel good. Because I'd be drunk and horny and, you know, hanging out and girls want to have sex. And it was always very much in the dark with my clothes on. Or if I was really wasted, then for sure I would go crazy, but I wasn't really having sex, right? Mm. So as I became a man and the testosterone in my body, it really did heighten my libido on so many levels that I literally could not help myself. So I'm like, uh, this is why 15 year old boys are assholes. It's like, you're so horny and so freaked out that you can't control your thought. Pro- I couldn't, I would catch myself staring at women's boobs and like doing all the really bad man things <laughs> without even like make, it was just natural. Yeah. You were going through puberty. I was totally going through puberty. And so I could not, not touch myself. And so that was the change. <laughs> the changing point was when I masturbated with that vibrator, and, and so it was almost just like a survival thing. You're like, I have yeah, to yeah. wait. So you masturbated with myself. A, so wait, you masturbated with a vibrator, yeah. like on top of your clit, clit, and then it went in, and then it went like, in. It's okay. I can be penetrated. I wasn't like okay with it at all. I was very freaked out by it, but I was in that state of 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 of, or, of not orgasm, but of 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 pleasure. We were just like arousal. Totally but that's how the shame it is. Me. Well, that's how the shame thing is for a lot of people. They're like they are looking up what the kind of porn they want to watch, right? and then it's all like I don't want to say fucked up stuff because none of it's <laughs> fucked up. But they're like you know they go deep, <laughs> and then afterwards when they come, they're like, what was I watching? Oh, no, totally. And then totally. like that shame spiral. It's real. It's real. I mean, I do that sometimes. Some of the weird stuff I watch on porn. I mean, goodness, it's not weird, but you know, I, some people would think it is, and I'm just like, like looking if for. You're comfortable oh, sharing. totally. I'm totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like you've shit. done a lot. Like, no, what's no, no, weird to you? Everything. Yeah, like what's weird to you now? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like total grandma. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I totally went there. I went like super grandma. Solo grandma or no, with grandma partners? getting fucked. Like, by, oh, by, by young by stud young or by grandpa? By a young guy. By a young guy. By a young buck. Buck. thought <laughs> <laughs> this is really hot. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, our psyche is so out of our psyche. We deserve pleasure at every 100%. age. 100%. I'm not that surprised. I mean, you call yourself Tranpa. Yeah. But I don't really consider myself. I mean, I'm, this was like a really older woman, like eighty something year old woman. That's, I want to be having so sex happy. when I'm eighty. Yeah. I am happy that that eighty year old woman is doing porn. No, that's what I'm right saying. On, me too. So I'm like, is it weird or is it just something no. that? Yeah, of course We're not. Conditioned right? to We're think it's weird because old people aren't sexual. Exactly. So you know, I'm a trample, and I am a fifty seven year old man, and so I want to still not think people like once you hit a certain age you're not sexy anymore it's very important to me yeah. to sort of keep this idea that you can still be sexy at 80 or you can still be sexy what is sexy right there will, there will always be people who find you that way if you yeah. present yourself 
that way. And don't lock, don't lock down yourself just because you're older now. So the testosterone improved libido, but how did it impact your vagina? Oh, it, well, first off, my clitoris grew very big. So that mm -hmm. was already How's something, it? uh, literally the size of my thumb. That's your thumb. Yeah, that's a, erect. So it, it actually has an erection. So when it's not erect, it's probably about half the size of my thumb, mm -hmm. but I have a very weird anatomy. And so even when I was a child, my mom used to say, you're, my, it's so weird because my mom used to call my genitals, my bird. Like we were not allowed. You know how people come up with weird, weird language, shit. which already teaches shaming. Like that's so shaming. Yeah, that's your a whole bird. piece on it about how I grew up with my vagina was shamed. It was our bird. Even I have two sisters. Our bird. Like it was my all of our sister. All of us. You're a flock. Yeah. And we had it. My mom used to say, "Your bird looks so weird." So yeah, <gasps> that's and, very insulting. Very insulting. But my mom. But you know, my mom's eighty. Like she, you know, I grew up in the sixties and the seventies, and like there wasn't. No one we taught her. Yeah. Have you asked her about? That? No, I don't think it's appropriate. And my mom's eighty. She knows they know I do porn. They know everything I do. My parents are super fucking awesome. But I just think that's a boundary. I don't need like to sort not of cross. asking why she said bird. Yeah, or not asking why your no, bird no. Was actually, weird. I asked her one time many years ago, Mom, why do you call it a bird? And she said, Well, that's what I was called. That's what yeah. we were taught. Mm -hmm. So you know, West Virginia, Kentucky, like that's the area, and they're very closed down around all of that. I guess it does stuff. look a little. I don't even really know how birds <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Literally, do you know Actually, how birds fuck? No, I don't. Do they have little bird dicks and little bird home. vaginas? I've never seen a bird I, I have, have sex. I, I think they get behind one gets behind the other, and <laughs> I think like, you're just making no, assumptions. I think you're kidding. making. I think I saw. I can remember two birds fucking. Look it up. Look two it up. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> two birds, one cup. There's a hummingbird that comes to my house every day uh -huh. to fuck and looks at me in my eyes and literally comes to my face this close. It's really? so bizarre. Yeah, he's trying to tell me something. He's wow. like birds fuck. Oh. They do, don't they? they? I swear they get Well, there's a whole shit. dance. So there, there's, you're looking at the Galapagos. They're kissing. No, they're going to Excuse me, kissing can be sex. You say that all the time. Kissing can be sex, really? You <laughs> <I> mean procreation. <laughs> okay. Just, you think of kissing as sex? Uh, I think sex can be whatever. If you feel like you had sex, you've had sex. Okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. Well, with the bird thing, there's a whole like mating ritual. There's that. But I'm, Humans I have mating rituals. It's called fucking Tinder now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so gross. Please don't tell me you're on Tinder. No, actually, I don't. I've only yeah. been on Tinder for a month and only gross. for women. What makes you say gross? I just, I find it to be, first off, really um, impersonal on some level. That's not, uh, I find it to be, what's the word I'm looking for? I find it to be not healthy on some level because I think, especially mm -hmm. I think for women, because there's a lot of crazy people on those things really. And I don't think, I just feel it to be not um, healthy for some reason. I think there's just a lot of nonsense on there. I don't know if I would say not healthy, but the thing that's frustrating, at least that my clients tell me is they just don't know where else to meet someone because everyone does that everyone does there. the apps now yeah and it's horrible. so you know it. there are like meetups and things like that to meet people like while you're doing stuff that you both like but they'll like match with people and then no one ever sends messages i know and so they just are like well what do i do now okay i well, know I, I did think of, i did read something on this or maybe it was my own thought i don't remember no, I definitely did not come up with this. Um, but someone was talking about how we like talk about how the dating apps suck and nothing ever works out. Nobody ever messages. But uh, okay. if you think about the fact that you are meeting tons of people yep. all the time yep. and how many people that you look at and think they're cute do you talk to? Right. How many people do you meet that you talk to do you ask on a date? Yeah. Like it's it the numbers aren't really that skewed, I feel. I think it just feels so personal because you you like 
take note of every interaction. Yeah. Whereas, like, walking through life or not. I wish I knew who came up with that. Yeah, but, pe- but people good have been taught not to in- integrate on some level because of apps. So I think on also some level it's made people lazy, right? To to sort of go out and meet. I'm I'm a, I'm a person who likes to meet in yeah, person. I, I I would never. I mean, I I use Scruff, but that's totally different. Mm. But that said, I would never date somebody off of. I just wouldn't. And not to say that that's a bad thing for you guys, but for me, I just if I, I think I'm old now, and I just feel like old I need, school. Yeah, I need <laughs> different kind of interaction. Yeah. I just do. Yeah, I haven't I apped do. in a while, but you met your partner on an app, which I think yeah. is interesting. Yeah, but that's on cool. Bumble that's though, perfect. I feel like at the time Bumble was like a, oh, right seen as like the relationship yes. one Tinder was like the hookup yes. one oh. and so they all had like their own personas exactly like eHarmony was like let's get married oh you know like each one had the grinder was like Christian let's fuck in the bathroom yeah, outside yeah, of totally crunch totally like totally you know totally they're like each one had their own yeah. farmers only farmers only okay but going back to your vagina because it all comes back to that um, clearly uh, so clitoris grew were there any negative side effects throughout your transition Oh gosh, yeah. So you mean sexually or less like health wise? Well, just all that. I mean, there's so much that can happen for oh the God. aging vagina, but I imagine with different hormones and just different kinds of things that like you have your own um, individual struggles with like vaginal health. So and finding an OBG. And, oh my God, all and just of before it. you delve into this, just to be clear for our listeners, yeah. you have been on testosterone for 23, 23 years and you still take it. Every week I have to shoot testosterone because I don't have testicles so okay. testicles are what produce uh testosterone and so i don't have that so i have to uh, sort of like being a diabetic right you have yeah. to do your insulin and so i have to shoot myself uh inject testosterone every in week butt? in my butt yep i've been doing that for 20 years such scar tissue on my butt but it's, it's just part of my life it's my yeah. life juice and i can actually feel when i don't take my life juice and i can actually feel sort of un- imbalanced i can get angry i can get sensitive i can get all of the things that happen for imbalance of any human who has imbalance of hormone and so what what happened for me was I, I transitioned 23 years ago and um, nobody had been doing a very few people, especially female to male. And so here in Los Angeles, I had to find a doctor, which was really difficult. And when I finally found a doctor, he had only worked with transgender women for 30 years. And he said to me, basically, in a nutshell, you're going to be my guinea pig. And I was like, uh, because I've never done this before. He said, but at least the doctor was like open, totally willing to do it, completely got a note from my therapist, which is what we did back in the day. Therapist said, yes, he is a man. We can start testosterone. And then we did that. And little by little, he injected a tiny little bit. And without over about two months, he decided one cc was what I was going to take. And then he actually showed me how to inject my, he's such a beautiful man. On some level, he saved my life. And then he said to me, he's 80. I'll never forget. Just like, oh, 80. And like, he's like, I'm going to teach you how to inject yourself so you can do it and take care of yourself forever. And I was like, that is so compassionate and beautiful. And he did. And so with that, nobody was monitoring me because they didn't know anything. I'm, I'm like really a guinea pig. And so eventually he said, you got to start coming in and having blood tests. And that, well, I would do that. And, blah, blah, blah. and little by little, I grew, started growing hair. I started looking masculine. And that was a weird place to be in. It was like literally morphing. If you saw pictures of me before, I mean, I, I was a woman. And then I literally, like everything you see here as, is very masculine, right? Well, that little oh, yeah, full beard. I, my nose grew. I lost my hair. My forehead changed. My ear, every part of my body except my hands and my feet. Wow. It's, my hands and my feet are still small hands and small feet, very feminine feet. And so through that, about 15 years into testosterone, I started getting really bad cramps, like period cramps. 
And I hadn't had a hysterectomy because they told me I didn't need one because they really didn't know if I needed one or not. And I start going to gynecologists, which was also a very difficult thing to do because I was a man going to the gynecologist. And this is many years ago before any trans conversation, none. What was it like being in the office? Or or not even being in the office, just like the whole process of- Excuse me. It was horrible. It was hard. Sorry, I'm choking. Oh, you're fine. Take your time. Because I'm like, so I was living in Louisiana. Oh my gosh. In New Orleans, Louisiana. And I had to go because I started having cramps. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I go to the gynecologist. <clears throat> I'm sitting in the room and sitting and sitting and sitting. And there's all these women, tons of women in the room. And they're just looking at me. How I felt so incredibly uncomfortable. I'm a man sitting in the woman's, in the woman's gynecological room. La, 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 la. All the women, literally three, four hours go by. And I'm so shy back then. I'm not this guy you see now. I'm just totally shy. And I just finally, the lady comes out and she goes, the doctor decided that she doesn't really feel comfortable seeing you. Oof. I go, what? And she goes, she's just not comfortable. I go, God damn it. I lost my mind. God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? I've been sitting here for four hours. And then she goes, well, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner and my, my sister is gay. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it's like trying to say that she's oh like on your God, team. Totally. But I let her do it. Oh, so the NP did your exam. I let her do NPs- it. Are the fucking best. 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 No, truly. Truly. She cared. <gasps> but she, I was very tight because I really wasn't getting penetrated a lot. Mm. And so she was like, okay. So there was some atrophy. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption, but do you know that moment when you realize you forgot to put deodorant on? Well, let's all take a pause to do the superstar movie move and put our hands under our armpits <laughs> and then smell them like this. My pits currently smell like native deodorant cucumber mint. I kid you not. My mom convinced me to use native deodorant, and now here they are sponsoring this episode and giving discounts. Native is a safe, simple, and effective deodorant made without aluminum, parabens, and talc, a.k.a. the stuff that may be linked to some serious health issues. Also, it works, and it feels super smooth. I have tried many healthy deodorants, but Native lasts during my long days at the office. They smell amazing and also come in unscented and baking soda-free options. Check out Native to see if it fits for you. They even offer discounts for folks who get monthly deliveries to your door. For 20% off your first purchase, go to nativedeodorant.com and use our promo code S&S in all caps. That's S-A-N-D-S in all caps. For some reason, though, if it's not for you, they even offer free returns and exchanges. So go to nativedeodorant.com and enter our promo code SNS. We hope you enjoy. Now, back to the episode. So you had not been to a gynecologist nope. in 15 years. Nope. And she didn't even know. She didn't know. They just sent me away. Okay, everything looks fine. That's what she said. Your pap smears, but Everything looks fine. That's what she said. So next thing you know, three or four years later... For three years, I'm having these horrifying cramps specifically after sex. And you know those gnarly period cramps that are just like everything is contracting. And that's what I just felt like for hours and it wouldn't go away. And then I go to gynecologist after gynecologist after gynecologist. And every one of them said, no, it's normal. And I'm like, but how do you know it's normal? There's no other trans. They're like, well, this is what happens with women. And I'm like, what? And then, no, but you are helpless. But that's another fucked, I mean, not for trans people. all gynecologist issues. That's so underdiagnosed. Yeah, endometriosis takes like Mm -hmm. 10 years to diagnose. Yeah, that pain is like normal, that you're just supposed to deal with it. I know, like just deal with it. Basically, that's what they said to me. So, Which is not true. It's not true. And it's why I talk about it now. So I go 
go to Mex- I live in Mexico for 10 years and I'm living there, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, with I think five years into living there, I'm working out and I go back into the home and I was married at the time. And I'm just like, I don't feel good, honey. I just like feel weird. And I go to sit down and I fall. I literally fall and pass out. And I'm like, I don't know what just, she's like, takes my temperature, 110, 110. And then she's like, what? Her dad was a doctor. So she was just like, what? Rushed me to the emergency. That's like death level. Death, death in the emergency room. And they're rushing me in. And I never forget this. They're rushing me in. And I'm all like, I have a vagina. I have a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Like how people wear bracelets that say they're medication. You're like, I have a vagina. And and I'm in Mexico, remember, not a lot of English. I live in the Yucatan where they don't speak a lot of English and blah, blah, blah. And they think I'm actually delirious. That's what they think. (laughs) And so my my partner at the time is like, no, no, no. This is, it's like so, so sad and and highlighting like the disparity and. Hilarious. It's hilarious. And funny. It's funny. And then finally they realize, oh my God, I'm transsexual. And then they start doing testing. They, They said, you are so atrophied. This is horrifying. We, you have such a bad infection. So what happened was oh my, my gosh. and my cervix fused together, literally wow. fused together. Yeah. As you know, the vagina has a clean, self-cleaning oven. And if it doesn't have that self-cleaning, basically in and out, right? So if it was cut off so nothing could. And would this have happened anywhere or was it because of the testosterone? 100% ongoing? because of the testosterone. And so There's, long story adhesion short. Adhesion is totally possible. Yes, it adhesion, is. Adhesion, but it's typically adhesion to like the vaginal wall. Exactly. As to like the uterus. Yep. Oh. Exactly. So long-term use of testosterone, this is what happens. So literally, as we know, the vagina won't function without estrogen. That's a, that's a known fact, but at the same, so uh, testosterone removes estrogen. Mm-hmm. That's just like basic hormonal stuff. And I'm wondering why doctors act like they don't know this. When you put estrogen in it, rem- I mean, testosterone in it removes estrogen. So my vagina became so atrophied that it basically caused an infection in my uterus and it burst. And that's what happened. And I became septic and 110. And he said, if you didn't come in five minutes earlier, you would be dead. Wow. Yep. He said, you so would be dead. Your uterus burst. My uterus burst with an infection and maybe septic. And so three months on rat, hardcore hormones, I mean, uh, antibiotics, I could not do anything. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they gave me a vaginal hysterectomy, which is pretty amazing. Have you ever seen those? Oh, they did. So they like went through and just took it out. Yes. So you had the ruptured uterus for three months before they did the hysterectomy. Yes. They couldn't even operate on me because it was so. It's danger of sepsis. Yes. Exactly. So wow. the doctor comes out and brings my ute, my whole. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, he brings it out because he's so. He's Did like, you keep it? He's like, I've been in medicine forever. I've never seen anything like this. And I'm like, whoa, dude, I don't want to see that. I would like put it in a jar and put it on my mantle. It was like a gnarly. It was gnarly. Yeah. Wow. Like literally gnarly, not literally like gnarly. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. No, literally gnarly. Like wow. it was entwined with each other, like the the fallopian, all of it. They were just entwined, entwined. It was so atrophied. So horrifying. How do you maintain your estrogen now? So after that happened, I went into a deep depression because mm. I had no hormones and I was only taking uh, testosterone and nobody told me about my hormones. So I had to start researching right, And nobody myself. knew. Nobody knew. Again, I'm like one of the first trannies out there, right? So then I started uh, doing research on women and, and hysterectomies and the insanity that happens and all yeah. of that stuff. And I said, wait a minute, I'm missing estrogen. Now I have no estrogen. And so I started looking into that and the doctor gave me this disgusting estrogen cream to put in my vagina. And then he said, you know, if you would have been taking this, you wouldn't have had estrogen. And I'm like, but dude, I'm not putting this stuff in my vagina. It's gross. Because I looked it up and it's totally disgusting. And so then I'm like, it's disgusting. It was made out of horse piss or some stuff. What? (laughs) 
Mexico. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm not taking this. So then I started researching. I don't think that's what it's made of now, but. <laughs> it was D-H-E-A. Save my life. What is that? So. DHEA, you can get at any Walgreens, Walmart, anywhere. It's over the counter. And basically what it is, it's a natural hormonal supplement that finds that hormone that's lacking in your body. And it produces it from the other hormone. It's amazing. It, in one month, it literally changed my life. Because my vagina was super dry. I wasn't having sex. I was completely freaked out. I was not feeling good. It literally balanced me out in one month. And that was, I've been taking- like scientifically- do research. I did research on it. And so I totally saw that people were, some people swear by it. Some people, it doesn't work for them. Some women take it and they grow mustaches and blah, blah, blah So they don't want to take it mm-hmm. because it does do that. It, it actually produces testosterone in your body. Yeah. So for me, it was producing, taking the testosterone and produce and creating estrogen from it. Yeah. And I've been using it ever since I take 25 milligrams a day. I've been doing it for, I think it's almost 10 years now. Yeah. And it, I'm, I'm, it's amazing. My vagina is wetter than wet. Let me tell you. I was going to ask. Yep. Your vagina like still gets wet. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Like constantly. <laughs> but you don't, you probably That's don't awesome. have variations in like your cervical. Well, you don't have a cervix. I don't anymore, have a cervix anymore. So it just like ends. Yep. Um, so yep. you don't have like difference in mucus, like nope. depending on the time of the month, because there is no, nope. exactly. Variation. I just have like a lot. What does it feel like in there at the end? It just hits. You know what I mean? It is that painful? Hits. Yeah. If, if somebody's too deep, uh, yeah. Then that's too painful. Yeah, because the cervix doesn't really have pain receptors, but the vaginal wall does. Yeah, yeah to, be, exactly. to be honest, I can't like scientifically state the, the correlation between testosterone and estrogen, but I do know that I have a lot of clients these days who have vaginal pain from long-term birth control use. Yes, there you go. Um, and so with the lacking estrogen, it becomes lacking testosterone, um, or basically not the lacking estrogen, but... The high doses of it basically teach the body not to make it on its own. And then the testosterone doesn't come with that. And so then comes the vaginal dryness and the atrophying or what looks like like early, um, what is it? Perimenopause? Yeah, perimenopause. Right. Right, um, right. So it's so important what, that you talk about that. Thank yeah, you. but that well, we had another OBG well, on who said that. Well, there isn't that, really any like rigorous scientific double-blind study on this. You're, so disclaimer and this just sorry and all of the like obgs and pelvic floor therapists that i work with sort of operate that this is what's happening yeah or under the guise that this is what's happening Uh, yeah yeah right that's the way they do it same with same with gynecologists who are working specifically with trans people Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of knowledge out there and so i'm giving these that's why i started are you you like so i mean i guess you were this physician's guinea pig right like actually like you had personal monitoring for your own health, but does that is that data out there like helping other people? Yeah, like you Great are a question. study. Like, so, are you a case study? hundred so, percent, I am. He's so, writing. They're writing a paper on it. But that said, uh, so now I started. So then, immediately after that, I started making YouTube videos about it and talking about it, and nobody would listen to me. Were you already doing porn? Yeah, I was doing porn already, okay. but you know that's also a whole other thing. Well, my porn stops me from being sort of in mainstream as mm-hmm. much as I possibly could. I do it, but it's very difficult. Uh, so people weren't really listening to me. I'm like, you, you're giving kids testosterone; they're gonna have an atri-. nobody was listening to me until at least literally about two years ago. I had a very uh, big YouTube star, trans kid, write me, "Trampa, I'm having these cramps. I'm like atrophy." He's like, I've been on, I hung you on testosterone. I've been on five years. He, I go, go to the doctor. No shit. It was atrophy. He had a hysterectomy. So then what happened is he's such a big voice. He put it out there and then people started listening. And so I connected to that. And then mm-hmm. I started, now it's becoming, oh my God, daily. 
daily. I have two to three kids write me. I have tr- cramps, Trampa. I have cramps, Trampa. I'm like, oh my God, how is this now? It's going to become a phenomenon in our... In our well, it's just the doctors don't even know. How can a doctor... This is where it's going to piss me oh. off. Wait, so we, we had an OBG and OBGs are not required to take human sexuality classes. This is the thing, right? Not one. Unbelievable. It's like they can. They can, but, they're but they also don't. not required to learn abortions. Just throwing that oh out there, too. Oh, my God. So this is fucking real. This is so fucking real. So I am so disgusted that the fact that a doctor would administer somebody testosterone should know basic hormonal functioning. And that knows when you put testosterone in a genetically female body, that it is going to remove estrogen. That is a basic medical fact. And I'm surprised that these doctors are just giving these youngsters testosterone without any knowledge of that. So these kids don't even know that. So they just walk away with testosterone in their body. And that's why it's a problem because they mm. don't even know that this is going to happen to them. When it, it's a fact that it's going to happen to you. So why are we just administering hormones without giving kids can, any kind of information where they can make a, a you know, a, yeah. a, 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 a informed choice? You can't make an informed you're choice. You're shifting that conversation. You mentioned that you have kids writing you all the time and dear Trampa. Um, I'm curious. If you I wish it became like a dear, dear Abby. That's <laughs> but it kind of is. Yeah. It's like, dear, you should have it a is. column. Yeah, yeah. And then you that's get lots of podcast. DMs. That's your podcast that's name. podcast right there. Dear, dear Trampa. Trampa. She's so fucking good. Right on. Nicoletta also You probably already came up with that. So. Right on. No, I'll give you credit for that. Uh, yes. Um, so, so kids reach out to you. Like, when did this start happening? Like, how did you... You're like the parent or the grandparent yeah. they don't have yeah, I am. to talk up to this stuff about. Yeah. So like, how did you first step into that role and, and what does it mean to you to, to maintain that? And what kind of, I don't know, I just want to know all about yeah, it. Yeah, well, I think what happened was it started about two or three years ago. And so I was kind of nicknamed Trampa from my partner at the time. She's like, you're such a Trampa. And I was like, what? Brilliant word. <laughs> and then... Yeah, at that time, kids were already, because I'm an elder in the community, right? I'm a total elder. And I stepped into that role because there's not a lot of elders, and there really is no elder trans man. I am kind of the most vocal elder trans man out yeah. there. You know, I'm, again, 23, these kids are all new. They've been on testosterone two or three or one year, if that. Mm-hmm. And so when I was transitioning, I didn't have a role model. And I didn't have anybody to look up to. And that's a really big deal, especially when you're changing your life like that. And so I just thought to myself, how would I have felt to have a big elder to look at and ask questions? I would have died for that. And I said, that's my role right now. What am I going to – because I was transitioning out of sex work on some level and just kind of figuring out what can I do next to still keep myself relevant in a community that's important to me. And then I said, well, I'm going to be there for the kids. And so I just started talking on Instagram and they just started coming and they just started coming and they just started coming and they were like, thank you, Trampa. And I was like, whoa, they, and I I don't have a dad or my family disowned me or my parents put, lock me in the room or my parents won't let me transition. And I'm just like, emotionally like holy crap yeah how do you take care of yourself when you're hearing all this it's hard because i am a giver i'm a big giver and so sometimes well and this is like people reciting your own trauma back to you exactly to an extent to an extent and so you know i mean it sounds like your family has really been my uh, has ended up being supportive oh my god but they weren't always that right so i just mean like yeah i know for me like if i haven't worked through some of my own trauma 
Um, like it's important that I do because if someone's coming in with a similar trauma, I need yes. to make sure I've done that work. Yes. It's very to important. like hear all of that. Yes. And so I think I, on some level do, I'm pretty grounded guy. And I'm, you know, again, I'm very grounded around who and what I am. But of course, when you start hearing all of these traumas and all of this disconnect that these kids have and the suicide rate, and I want to kill myself, grand, so grandpa, high. and I want to, you know, really kids come on and they say, I feel suicidal. Like immediately. So what I've done is I've created this community online, live community where immediately when someone comes on, immediately I send the kids to them. I say, every single one of you DM this kid right now. And one of you needs to connect to him. And they do it. And they do it. And it literally gives me chills because I'm teaching these kids to give back. They are okay right now, but one day you're going to need somebody. So you need to learn to give and take and not just take from this community. And so I'm teaching. But creating kids, community. Yes. How do, what community is, is give and take, right? The lights just flickered. That so it. it's real. a sign. It is. I believe in that stuff. No, I'm Simone, totally, Simone thinks well, I'm a well, I'm crazy smiling. woo. I know. I'm, totally I'm smiling. Okay. We have two crystal bitches. I'm totally <laughs> and one skeptic. That, that happens to me all the time. That's why I knew I was getting a... My, my Your magical buck. And the thing flew across the room and the lady was like, that has never happened to me ever in the 30 years I've been doing this. I'm yeah, like, that's what? a powerful one. Oh, that's a really It's nice salt. One. You can lick it. I have. Oh, right on. I always, whenever people come in, I'm like, do you want to lick it? That is amazing. Somebody dug it up for me. Um, it's pink halite and, uh, oh my God. actually I'm organizing. So we were talking about okay, this okay, for okay, 10 okay. more seconds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Our, our listeners hate this. We no. have some listeners who are like, no, none of the pseudoscience, but oh. we'll talk about it later. But in October, there's a dig where you can dig your own. I'm coming. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So now we'll move on to like, okay. Real yeah. Shit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to science, <laughs> back to taking care of suicidal kids. trans kids with crystals. With crystal. Yeah, okay. I should have sent him a crystal. No, I do. There's a life crystal. I tell them. I, I do not do that. You tell them to buy a crystal for when they feel suicidal? Go find one. Not to buy. Go find a crystal. Go I'm just saying box. I and never tell my clients to do crystal stuff unless they're already crystal people. I do. I do. I'll do. <laughs> I go start to learn about the universe. I, I'm all about the universe. And I'm like, you need to understand yeah. energy. Energy is powerful. What you put out in the world comes back to you, whether you believe it or not. Mm. And if you're giving good stuff, the universe will, will actually praise you for that and give back to you. So now full circle, you are doing stuff in the mental health field. Yes, so I you am. have just created um a recovery center? Yes, I did. Thank so what is that? Me. Yeah, tell me tell us about so, that. So so uh, so there was a doctor here in Los Angeles his name was Dr. Terry Grand and he was an amazing doctor who was very HIV forward thinking back in the day when HIV and AIDS which also I'm very uh, connected to that a lot of my friends you've lived through a lot of a lot of trauma things. i lost a lot of my almost all of my friends to aids mm -hmm. because i was there from the early time of the epidemic and literally they dropped in six months i lost god it's horrifying so um anyway then i got connected into the hiv community and that and through re recovery and i'm i'm sober so i went to a recovery home and i'm very versed on all that i never liked recovery homes they always felt disconnected to me and i didn't feel like as a butch woman i didn't feel comfortable in them and then I started thinking God trans people are also having to go to these things and so Dr. Terry Grand is a very forward thinking doctor he just passed away from AIDS but at 80 but he opened a oh, lot he of lived these, a long time a long time and so he was also cannabis friendly and this but anyways he handpicked a group of us uh, to be board members to create a home called Transform and this was two years ago and it was specifically for transgender people who uh, coming out of incarceration so when you come out of incarceration you have to go into a, like, a halfway house right in order to get back into the world 
all the halfway houses are basically very genderized. So even if you're a trans woman, you have to go to a men's home if you still have a penis and you still, yeah, most of those women are not legally you know, uh, tra transition to ma to women. So their identification still say male. So they have to live in a male home. It's ho they get harassed, they get raped, they get beat, they get everything. So this home called Transform we created in order to give these people a space to come to that's loving, caring. Most of them are sex workers, so they're just in and out, revolving door. No one's giving them the opportunity. And I'm clearly pro sex work, but that's forced sex. So is this a um a drug recovery home or yes. like a surgery recovery? Drug recovery. Drug recovery. So anyone who's homeless or needs in need or coming out of prison can go to this home. It's a full-on uh, recovery home for sobriety. And But what we're really, we're taking it to the next level. We're going to teach people how to do get different types of job uh, opportunities, train you on computers, train you on, get people to come in to do all kinds of club makeup, how to just those kind of basic things. Yeah. Yoga. I'm all about doing yoga in there. Okay, we're going to teach people how to eat. We're not doing hammer and hot dogs we're doing kale and quinoa like you know people it. it's life life we're teaching people life experience how where to, is it located and we got a home which is incredible we got a home on vermont and washington and it's a so 30 it's in LA. yeah it's 30 uh, beds i'd love to invite you guys over uh we have a 30 bed set up right now ready to go we're getting our first people in it's been two years and we're just opening right now and that's so, incredible. congratulations Honestly. and it's called transformation transform transform, transform. And you can go to trans-form-la.org. And that's the website, and you'll see it. Wow, and that's so It's incredible. incredible. Thank you. Yeah, we're very blessed because people gave Who us- funds it? So the government, it's Medi-Cal and, oh, it and, Medi and Stop and all of those things. Yeah, because this because home there used to is be. a lot about trans healthcare in prison right now, especially in LA. Yes. So you're actually yes. completely entitled to gender-affirming yes. care when you go into prison yes. or jail yeah. uh, in and LA. And a lot of people going in maybe don't have the resources to know that they have these rights. Exactly. So they, they may don't. be able to get this, but- they have no idea how. Right. They're not going to tell you. What they do is they yeah, ask you. They ask it, you they? an intake if you. Uh, I actually just interviewed well, a few trans to, but do people, they? a few trans women who are at Men's Central Jail in LA. Oh, great! Um, actually, I don't know if I can talk. But about that's that Men's Central. That's different than actual federal prison. Right? No, state. that's that's right. just jail. Yes. Right. Federal prison has different rules, but California yes. state rules are really. The, the laws are strong. You just yes. have to like constantly You have to know how to, how to get through And that. advocate for yourself. But yeah, but you're absolutely but entitled that's what to gender-affirming care. Um, often you're put in single-cell housing, yep. which can be really isolating, or yep. there's like special LGBTQ housing to yep. like protect people, but ultimately it's really isolating and they don't have access to all of the same other things. And so yeah. it's, it's very... So they're like protected but alone. Yeah, and that's isolating already as a trans person is really horrifying. I mean, that's the main thing is you need community. You need community, and that's why we created this home, so that people wouldn't feel isolated, and actually they get an opportunity to go back into life. Who staffs it? Is there like so an we have an ED. Like having it staffed by people who have been Well, there? that was our ultimate goal was to create a full-on trans-run home, but that's not possible. We can't just find trans therapists. Oh, not just trans. Men. Well, that's what I wanted to do, trans cooks, trans therapists, trans. I wanted to be trans, 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 trans. Well, but as as you have as you have you'll clients get there. yeah but as you have clients come in and like I don't know if you say graduate from the program, but like move beyond the program, then they can come back. Exactly. And to also participate in coming back in mm -hmm. groups. And we're not doing AA because um, I like AA, it got me sober, but I feel it's a little bit too pushy for some of the people and I think it will alienate them. So we're making groups that, you know, of course you have to mandatorily come to group and all of that, but making it so that it's much more accessible and people don't feel forced into things because they've been forced in already. How long do you expect people to stay there? As long as it takes for them to feel comfortable to leave. 
leave and to get into a next space. And then the next thing we're doing is opening up a, a residential home. So people will be able to go from that into a living space. So they'll have their own apartment and they'll be able to live there and get a job. We'll help them. So the prison system is coming to us, you guys. They are literally coming to us and praising us and saying, thank you. This is so compassionate from the prison system because they know that they have to let these women go into these men's homes. And it's even, they know how horrifying it is. Mm -hmm. And so they are praising what we're doing on such a level. And that's why we're being, that's why this is working because the actual like prison systems are behind us and the people are behind us on all of this. Knowing that you're doing all of this activist human rights work, why do you think it is that there's still such competitiveness and hierarchicalness like in the trans community? Because you are at the top of it and you get a lot of heat for being vocal. Yes. Like you're also doing so many wonderful things. Like why do you think this is Um, still present? I think marginalized communities have a lot of trauma and hurt and I think that there's um, that. And I think that... um, I, I have a different way of thinking than a, the majority of the younger generation. I'm kind of really, I'm a transsexual. I'm not a transgender person. Mm-hmm. I had a sex change from a woman to a man. This is not really the terminology anymore or the, what people are tra- are doing. Transgender is an umbrella term, right? For non-binary, gender non-conform. That's not who I am. I literally went from a woman to a man. So what's happening is, is that they think that I'm sort of uh, giving something. I think that they think I'm against them on some level when I'm not. I think that there's transsexual children we're not transgender but they're transsexual like me and i think that they need to have the same voice transsexual before you transition you're always transsexual. Oh, okay. Even I if you don't trans, I am transsexual because I have transitioned from woman to man. No, my, my identity is transsexual. Got it's it. not transgender. And a transsexual is someone who had a, tr- a sex change, right? For a lack of a better expression. Mm. And so today, many people are not transitioning to be gender. They're, so as terms and things are ever expanding, there's sort I'm, of a pushback. That- there's a pushback because also I think there's envy. There's a lot of envy in our community because there isn't a lot of success, right? There isn't a lot of, you don't see a lot of people out doing the things I'm doing. And I think that on some level, there's a a bit of envy and jealousy and that, and that just comes from trauma and stuff. I don't take it personally on any level. When I take it personally is when they attack my work as if I'm capitalizing on a community, which Mm -hmm. people have said. And I'm like, uh, if you saw my bank account, first off, (laughs) secondly, if you see what I'm making, Every, I'm making gender-affirming sex toys. Those are genital gender-affirming sex toys. They're not just sex toys. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like to call them sex toys. They're sexual wellness products. And the, and the, and the, and the lube is a v- vaginal health product. It's to create conversation. Of course, it's just a lube. But what happens when you see that lube in a gynecological office? You're like, oh my God, she knows what she's talking about. Mm. right? Or he. It's, it, it's, it's subconsciously, people like yourselves who are born and get to walk the world, you have all of these products for you. Mm-hmm. Even though they don't say man or woman, you know that. We don't have our own products. But a lot of them do say man yeah, and sometimes woman. Sometimes they come well, out. They do, but you're like, man and woman, right? Like for so, women. Right. Remember the pens for women. Of course, but that still reflects your identity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you see something, tra- when the guys go into the shop and they see So it may be offensive, but it doesn't make us feel like we're not. We're not, embodied. we're not seen. We're not yeah. seen. And we're her products really validate you on some mm-hmm. level. When you go into a shop, I mean, they, as a black person, when you see products as a, for a black person, so that's these a big are some deal. of the like smaller microaggression level stuff that like a trans recovery home would have to incorporate yes. for it to be informed and inclusive. Exactly. So obviously there's like the big level stuff that like a recovery home would have to think about to be trans inclusive, but yeah. like even the small stuff of like 
what shampoo, what shave products are you Thank offering? You. What makeup products are Thank you offering? Thank you. Like all of these small things to consider. Yes. Like what kind of bedding are you, like yes. all the things. All the things, everything. Um, it's so important, but also because- Or you're all, like if it's a trans, uh, if it's a person with a penis, like giving them resources to a urologist. Yes. Like knowing- and, and gynecologists. I want to start to train yeah. gynecologists to see trans women. Yeah. yeah. You know, because they want to go and be feeling like they're in stirrups and they want to have that experience that a woman has. And even trans guys, maybe we should be seeing urologists or something. Maybe we should switch somehow, right? And have our and and have our prostate checked, right? As opposed to looking at our vagina. Because even these little words or these things really affirm our gender on some level. And just like how things are raised. And even like I, I know mean, people who would give you a prostate. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you offering? <laughs> no, I know people with medical fetishes who would like. No, I love medical fetish. I'm, Obviously, <laughs> you're like, oh, I need someone to check my yeah, prostate. My prostate. <laughs> That's interesting that you're into that though, sexually. Uh, yeah, totally. Not of course, because you've had like, I mean, I guess it could trauma around it, a yeah. lot of people who have had trauma around something, then it becomes a sexual interest because it's like yeah. re reclaiming. It's reclaiming. Yeah, but, you know, I am so not detached from my vagina on any way, shape, or form. I mean, everything I talk about is always my vagina gets into the conversation. <laughs> You're like, a vagina monologue. I, I, I am. And it's the weirdest thing I have to tell you coming from a space of not really being to being not freaked out by it. It's mm. such an empowering space to be in. How does the cannabis fit into all of this? Right. So, how does the so cannabis good. fit into your vagina? It's so good. <laughs> for you, for you. Well, no, I just mean you. Advice. You are a cannabis. Like you talk about it. You have it yep. in your. You use CBD yep. in your products. Like, yep. how has it been part of your healing and sexual health? So, uh, through sobriety, right? I am very, very big into my sobriety because it really saved my life again on some level. Uh, but also, I have a lot of insomnia, a lot of anxiety, a lot of the things that come with doing what I do, and. So I don't really want to take uh, pharmaceutical, but I had to start to take pharmaceutical sleeping pills. And I noticed that I was getting addicted and I'm like, holy crap, but I can't sleep. So my buddy's all, dude, cannabis. I'm like, dude, I'm sober. And he's like, no, dude, you're taking sleeping pills. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> permission. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. smoked weed and I was like, what? And I literally woke up the next day, like ready to go. And I'm like, oh my God, this is magic. And then I just sort of started using it. But then I have a dog and my dog started having seizures. And then I, my friend, who's my partner, my business partner now, he's a trans man too. He's like, dude, put CBD in her mouth. She'll come out of the out of the seizure. I'm like, what? What's CBD? I never even heard of it. Anyway, long story short, I sprayed CBD while she was having a seizure. 10 seconds, she would be out of that seizure. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, dude, we should start a business. This is incredible. We could actually cater to our people. Who have for pets. So, and not only that, LGBT. Oh. So Pride Wetness. <laughs> Sorry. That's my company. Oh, we are every I, day. I was, like, I was like, maybe you just do cannabis for dogs. <laughs> well, I am doing that too because yeah. every gay has a dog. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, I just totally decided that this is a magical situation and I saw the future. That was four years ago and I saw what was going to happen yeah. today. Yeah. And I said, if we don't get into this business now, we're never going to, but we have to have a goal with our business, not just come in and make money because many people have suffered from this particular thing. So we created Pride Wellness in order to give back to our community and create jobs. And we give back money to the LGBT Center in Los Angeles, Senior okay. Services Department. This year we gave $4,000 to the department and they're like, thank you. We don't have any food. I'm like, what? Like they literally are starving. And so, you know, connect, again, I'm all about that, connecting and giving back and being a part. So we created our, our, our cannabis company in order to really bring awareness to cannabis and LGBT community. 
tramp. I mean, and I think, I don't know which magazine called you this. Maybe it was Forbes, but like you are a Renaissance man. I was Forbes. Which is so cool. It's true. Thank you. Thank you. To get that accolade from them. But also. Yes. It's a, it's wow. A huge honor. But like, how have you, how have you stayed so motivated to like, keep coming up with all this new shit? Like, does it just come to you? Like you make it happen. You're making shit happen. Like, how do you keep going? Uh, I'm not married. I have no partner. <laughs> <laughs> so boredom, <laughs> loneliness. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I, they were also all things for you too. You were like, this right, has helped me. Right. I want to help others right. by using I, I think this. Really bottom line, everything comes down to the fact that I have been saved and I have been so lucky. Uh, it's going to make me cry. Uh, we welcome crying on this pod. Yeah. There's people out there who don't have the opportunity that I have. And I know it's, I'm white, I'm a dude, but at the same time, I almost died many times. I tried to kill myself. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I'm not, I didn't graduate high school. I'm not an academic. I don't have any formal training of anything. I self-taught. Everything you see is self-taught. And I was called a dummy my whole life. I was, you're never going to make it. Suicided to everything, everything. But here I sit. And so how can I not do it? You know what I mean? Like, how can I not take every opportunity that has been given to me? It's like, I feel like... Oh, I'm going to start crying. I know. <laughs> I feel like it's not possible for me not to do it. And so I also do it for the kids. And I really tell the kids, you cannot go and do GoFundMe campaigns. You cannot do that. When you're doing that, you're actually putting yourself in a, in a position of saying, I'm not okay, or I'm a victim, and I'm not good enough to go get a job. And so I tell those kids, get a goddamn job. It'll help you to get to the next level. Look at Trampa, who didn't graduate high school, and I'm a successful businessman. I'm a successful on everything because I have the desire to create those things. So on some level, it's also for the kids to show them that it doesn't matter that you're a tranny or that you have this. That's a victimized attitude. And so I have a survivor attitude, and I've always had that attitude. And so mm. it's a way of me also really creating a space for the next generation to not come into this as victims because I don't want that. I, wa I was such a fucked up person, and I'm not anymore, and only because I learned to love myself and only learned mm. to say that I can do whatever I want. And so when I come up with ideas, I'm like, how can I make this happen? And I make it happen. And I don't know how, other than the fact that I have beautiful people surrounding me and caring about me and really wanting to see me be a success because mm -hmm. they know that my success creates success in the world on some level. <laughs> it's, it, it's a real thing. And I'm very, my tears are of gratitude. My tears are not of, I feel sorry yeah. for myself. It's, it's tears of like, shit, <laughs> I want these kids to have, yeah. you know, and I really cater a lot more to the people of color community, especially the trans kids of color, because they have less opportunities than. Well, I think I would imagine that could be a pushback too, because yes. when you were talking about like vic yes. victimization, like. Yes, you do have now the privilege of being like a yes. white male. I mean, granted, you have other intersections of like non-privilege and like trauma that's happened to you. Yeah. But I can imagine a pushback too from like the POC oh my God. community of, you know, not everyone can just be like, I'm going to go get a job. Exactly. Um. So how do right, we- Because you are a white dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So world. they do say that to me. Yeah. But what do I do? I say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're going to figure out how to do it, and I'm going to help you. So what I do is I help them. How can I get you a job? What do you need from me? Do you need a resume? I'll make one for you. Do you need this? I will do it for you. Because if I don't 
if I continue to let them say to me, well, I'm black, Trampa, it's different. Yeah, we know that about you, my friend, but you got to get out of that mindset. It's a real thing. I'm not discounting that people of color have it way worse than this. I mean, it's really part of my work. I work very much yeah. to try to help that. No, I'm just also naming how I can see oh, the I pushback push back. happening of like, totally how do you um, both inspire uh-huh. and share your story while also knowing that like yeah. sometimes it doesn't land certain It doesn't land like well with some people. It it's hard to... But I can't please you can't, everybody. Yeah, you can't always I cannot, say. And I need to know yeah. that. So I only speak to the kids who are willing to speak back to me. Yeah. And if they're going to say those things to me, I'm basically going to tell you to fuck off because they do say those things to me. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. I don't need you around me. Go do that toxic crap somewhere else. Yeah. And like, the kids who really want to hear from me and see what I have, they're coming to me. And that's mm-hmm. all. You know, there's always going to be people who don't dislike you. Especially well, yeah. you're successful. As often happens with my therapy sessions, like, just when we're getting to like an deeper <laughs> party, you start crying. We yeah. have to stop. Yeah. <laughs> we have to finish up. <laughs> we have to finish up. Well, Sneel, we've got a few minutes left. Like, you know, <laughs> sometimes we can't always like tie a neat bow around it or I'll try to ground them or like. I always ask my therapist for a 10 minute, a five minute, a two minute oh, yeah. warning. <laughs> warning. Yeah. No, no shit. That's real. Well, no warning. We're done. <laughs> oh, Buck, thank oh, you God. so much. No, thank you guys. Uh, I really appreciate you're giving me a voice on your platform. Oh, and, dude, you, you know. have your own fucking voice. <laughs> yeah, and we are not giving you a yeah, voice. You are. We're just recording on your space, and that's what I'm oh, talking about. You. Space is important. Yeah. All, sharing space is important to me. Yeah. Um, well, we're sure that all of our listeners, if they are not fully obsessed with you already, how? <laughs> I mean, if you just they, Google Buck Angel, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but, Buck Angel, okay. Angel.com, Buck Angel, IG, Buck Angel, Twitter. Awesome. Uh, I hate Facebook. I have it. Hate Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, if you want to stay up to date on everything that we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars. You can email us at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. And if you want to keep getting these episodes every week, you can, first of all, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sluts and scholars and rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you.